testing, testing. Were you yeah. testing one, two, three? Always. Pow. Yeah. You're getting that down pretty Ooh. good. I Here love this thing. You like this music? Yeah. The Questions Podcast, the bumper music. You know, speaking of bumper, bumper. music. Yep. I found out why they call it bumper music. Why'd they call it bumper music? Because it's on the front and the back like a car. Like a bumper. Bumper. Right Man, on. check you out. Yeah. Where'd you find that out? I, I asked somebody. Oh, good job. Well, yeah. I got this text message on our thing here. It said, Hi, Pastor Miles and Pastor Mark. Really enjoyed this week's podcast. In fact, the bumper music and the spiritual minty freshness discussion put me solidly in the fan club. Nice. There you go, man. I love minty freshness about our spirit. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Woo. All right. The Questions Podcast with Pastor Miles and Pastor Mark. We are here. Yeah. In uh, the flesh. Is this like episode... Well, we're in the spirit, it? technically. I hope we're in the spirit. I know. I think this... Is this 19? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Yeah. I think it's 19. I think it's 19. It might I'm going be. with that. Man, we're almost at 20. Woo. Man, oh man. I'll just... I'm going to agree with you in agreement on that. Goodness. You can count to 20, right? Absolutely. You got fingers and toes. I got it all. It's all but good. we wear shoes here at Cross Connection. Well, it's almost that time when we go into sandals. That's going to be glorious. Are you, Absolutely. Are you planning on preaching in sandals this year? Oh, man. Sandals and shorts, 100%. I love it. Looking forward to the day, although the last several Sundays have been cold. Downright cold. It's going to be in the 80s this week, bro. It is getting a little bit warmer. Who? You have a good week? So far, so good. We missed you on Sunday. You were, you, you were the tooth fairy on Sunday. Dude, I was a victim. A victim. I I had this tooth thing mm. uh, start up on Friday. Yeah. And I called my dentist early in the morning. He's like, come on in. Come fix that thing. And he, he said, you know, we're going to we're gonna pull that tooth, the top of that crown off, the root canal tooth. We're going to pull it off and see what happens because it may just be a crown thingy or it might Oy. be a whole tooth thingy. Oy. Tooth it things the, are it not was, fun. It was the whole tooth thingy. So I was in horrendous pain until Tuesday, and they ripped it out. Ouch. Yeah. You were gone. You were out Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You were like down for the count for how yeah. many days? Five days for a tooth. Man, oh, man. I felt, you know what? I felt so, like, grateful. Yeah. For everything we have as far as medical care here. Because some people, like, in a third world nation, they're just going to be, you know, looking for the pliers, I guess. That's horrible. I'm so thankful. I know a gal. You do. Who goes on medical mission trips as a dentist. I know her too. She's actually married She's to a, a famous commentator. commentator. A famous Bible commentator. Yeah, Bible commentator wife. guy. Yeah. And she, she rips teeth out of people the entire time she's there, like all day long. And the people are thankful. And then occasionally she posts these pictures of these teeth on like she'll be in Brazil or Nepal or man oh man. They don't look like teeth. They look like rotting something or other very very bad very bad oh, i couldn't man. i couldn't handle that i oh, could man. not be a dental type worker you know i was so blessed after the thing was over yeah like <clears throat> my dentist i called mm-hmm. like on saturday and said this is not getting better no and like i had the guy i got the guy's cell phone number the guy the guy just he gave you a his, cell phone number? picked up his cell what number a good guy that's a good dentist. Me out and then man, did the prescriptions man. and stuff and i'm giving a shout out to tom dr tom my dentist dr tom the dentist he is a good man and he's going to be listening to the podcast really that's what he says well we're giving a shout out he's to a tom. heck of a guy i'm really 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 blessed well, by that well, guy dr tom we're very grateful for you fixing pastor mark's mouth 
Yeah, because I couldn't open it, and boy, that would have been Ooh. a tragedy of the stratosphere. Your wife sent us a great picture of you a little bit dazed yesterday after your procedure. Yeah, they they gave me the full uh, go-to-sleep thing. You went down for the count. Well, it kind of came out in pieces. Ooh, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. <sighs> anyway, you know, that I'm just feeling makes great me today. kind of shiver thinking about it. I just, ugh. Ouch. It's Mufasa. like a train wreck ugh. in your mouth. Anyway. I'm here today. I'm thankful. Pretty Praise stoked. Jesus. Do you got any great news items for we us? We have news. The Uh-oh. news moment with Mark I, There's Miles. a little twinkle a in twinkle your face. In that, yeah, there's a twinkle. You got something for me. I I got, can't, now, just you know, so our yeah. audience knows. Yes. I come into these things totally blind. Yes. Even the questions for the most part. Well, you got them. In I, got them yeah, 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 yeah. I got them 10 minutes before. Oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway. Um, but yeah, so I get surprised by this. So, All right. First one. Newsline, Dateline, Slidell, Louisiana. A lot of good old things <laughs> happen in Slidell. Slidell, You don't want to be there after 1130, man. The people come out and, oh, doggy. Slidell, Louisiana, Taco Bell customer calls the cops after Taco Bell runs out of taco shells. <laughs> <laughs> this customer was going through taco hell, says the article. Taco Bell customer in Slidell, Louisiana, called the cops to complain about taco shell shortage on Monday. The unsatisfied customer notified Slidell Police Department that the restaurant was out of both the hard and the soft taco shells. So the police, on their Facebook page, they joked, it's been a while, but another we-can't-make-this-stuff-up story had happened. There you go, man. Hopefully they got restocked, it says, for Taco Tuesday, because that was on Taco <laughs> Monday. You got to watch out for them folks at Slidell. They slide Slidell. you right on out to Taco Tuesday the whole time. There must have been a run on the Taco Bell. Man, you know, gotta get it tacos. You're running out of taco shells. I'm willing to you bet that man that was doesn't happen. Not... We don't we don't run out of tortillas or taco shells no, in San Diego. It doesn't. It, not in Escondido. No, no way, man. No way. In fact, that would be newsworthy if we did. It would be totally. I've actually if we did. been in places in Mexico that ran yeah. out of uh, tortillas. Uh huh. Not here. That would never happen in Escondido. That'd be cause for like a there'd be civil riot. Unrest. There'd be yeah. yeah. If no. TJ Tacos ran out of. Man, oh that'd man, be a, that'd be a. I'd be calling the president. I, we that'd we be would a call the president. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Come fix this problem. Okay. I'm willing to bet that that gentleman perhaps was not completely sober with that call. Well, okay, I'm getting there. I have another story. Okay, because I, I think these three stories are tied together. I know the first two stories. I think are connected to the third. I got a counter story. Different parts of the country, but I think they're connected. Okay, counter story. Louisiana, Shreveport. <laughs> What just right outside Shreveport? Even doing there in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's where Louisiana Tech is. It? No, yeah. Louisiana is it LSU, Louisiana yeah. State. So I there was an argument with two guys. Uh huh. Were you a part of this? No. Oh, okay. It was in the paper. Oh. An argument between two guys. This is years ago. One guy ate the last piece of sweet potato pie, mm. and he told the guy it was They're his brother-in-law. Members? Okay. Yeah. Brother-in-law says, don't you eat that last piece of sweet potato pie. That's my piece. I got to go out to the store, and I'll yeah. be right back. You and touch my sweet back, potato pie. I'm going to And brother-in-law have it. ate the piece of potato pie, yeah. sweet potato pie, and kind of rubbed it in the tub, Ooh, taunted him. And that's, you're going to yeah, get a lick. It, it was the last thing he ever did. Shot him. You know, all Over the piece best of stories, pie. all the best stories come out of the South, like Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. There's some really good news stories. Oh, that come oh, out of Louisiana's that. sane compared to Florida, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. 
And it always it involves a gator every time. In the head. Okay, okay yeah. I got another Get story. Get him, Bobby. Here. Shoot him, Bobby. Okay. Okay, another story here. All right. <laughs> Unhappy with her McChicken sandwich, how it was prepared, a Connecticut woman stormed a McDonald's kitchen in an attempt to prepare her own meal, and in the process, she assaulted the restaurant's pregnant manager, police charge. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the sandwich did not live up to the 21-year-old's expectations, so she was going to go... She's going to go fix her own sandwich at the Mickey D's. Okay, hang on a second. You got a millennial that's fighting people to work? That I can't, I've got, I'm having a heart problem. She, she I'm wanted, having a heart problem. She, she wanted, wanted to take responsibility the right for way. What, what, oh, my gosh. Make my sandwich the right way or I, I do I'll it do myself. It I do I'll it do all by myself. myself. Evangeline is here. Wow. I they are uptight up there in Connecticut. So I'm we like, moved yeah. from Louisiana to Connecticut. Well, you know what that is? Them Yankees up there. Them Yankees. Them and Yankees. Now, and now we move out west. All right. Ooh. Oakland, California. Oakland. Oakland. Ooh. Oakland. Famous home of the Oakland Raiders. Oakland has decriminalized magic mushrooms and peyote after decriminalizing marijuana previously under state law. Now, the city of Oakland has decriminalized magic mushrooms, hallucinogenics. So, you know. I'm wondering if the decriminalization of marijuana has something to do with the McChicken and with the Taco Bell run. You know the munchies. You know what? You got a point there. Hey, hey, we're the munchies? Yeah. Mm. First thing I heard when they were going to make, you know, weed legal and have dispensaries Uh is my first thought was invest in snack foods. Yeah, I mean Bring Doritos. Back, right? Doritos stock I, has got to be it through the moon. Doritos. Why? Because I was thinking Stoners Doritos too. Love Doritos. Is that, I don't know is what that it just? It's got to be from a movie. It, it got to came from somewhere. Got to came from. Gotta, it all got to came from. They <laughs> get a taco and some Doritos. It got to yeah. came from somewhere. No, it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa! See, two minutes in Louisiana, Florida, we lost our boom. We, yeah, our grammar just goodness yeah. gracious. A grammar went south. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yahoo wow. News reports that humans consume tens of thousands of pieces of plastic each year. Have you been chewing on plastic? No. Actually, you know what? I'm just, I got just sitting on my You were just chewing now. on it. Yeah, you you usually chew on them Starbucks things. Those, yeah. You caught me. I had one today when I was walking in here. I was in a restaurant the other day, stopper. and they you didn't, know, my, they didn't my want to give me a boy, Elliot, yeah. I've got him doing the same thing now, too. Oh, really? Every time I go to Starbucks, he goes, Give me one of those things, those green stopper things, those plastic things. He's so you know the crazy things. straw law, right? Yeah, I, I got a cardboard straw. I was at Petco Park this last weekend watching a baseball game, and my wife brings me a Diet Coke, and it had a cardboard straw, and before I was even halfway done, the thing was like dissolving in my drink. Tragedy. It's not going to work for me. You know who you have to thank for that. I'm going to have to start carrying my own straws. Exactly. you got to pack right. your sne- sneak them in. Mm. So I'm buying the mine reason that law passed, or they yeah. some nut job, Um. Because they said fish, ocean fish and ocean turtles were getting straws lodged in their throat, in their nostrils, right? Save the turtles, man. That's a load, bro. I'm telling you right now, I come from three generations of commercial fishermen. This is way... Your family was doing that stuff way before the the plastic straw epidemic. The plastic straw epidemic is much more recent. Yes, it is. Much more. Because it's, it's like Disney. It's fabricated. I mean... I have never seen the thousands of hours I have spent on the ocean in turtle country. In turtle country? And have never seen a straw jammed up a turtle's nose. I'm or a fish's you, nose. And then my son. It's because most like, recently. Like you, in the, you have, you're missing out on all the straws. He's recent. 
Okay. Couldn't I, I was, have you ever seen a turtle with a with a plastic straw sticking out his nose? And he goes, "Nope." He goes, "I see him get run over by cruise ships all the time." Oh my goodness! I guess terrible. the cruise ships really do a number on the big turtles Ooh. when they're floating around. Turtles aren't real fast. No, they they really aren't. No, I mean when you're that slow that a chimp can grab you and beat you against a tree and eat you. <laughs> I mean that was really a story. Good, good. Yeah. Going back to our last. Story. And another thing on the Twinkie thing. Now you got me fired up. Uh oh. Maybe one of the greatest failures of that administration was when Hostess went down. You just had to go there, didn't you? I did. It's true. It was wrong. Hostess went down. They were bailing out General Motors. Yeah, and if you're going to bail out Ford. Well, actually, Ford doesn't take any Ford bailout. didn't take they, the cheese. That's nope, right. They did not take but the But if you're going to bail out Chevy and you're going to bail out GM, then you should bail out Hostess. Yeah, you're going to let sure. the Twinkie and the Ho-Ho for and the totally, Ding Dong go down? For totally. That was wrong. And then you know what happened? Well, and then, you know, I, I think the Ding Dong is an amazing, amazing cake. But here's the thing. It it's used to be that beautiful little silver hockey puck of goodness. Yes. And now they don't come in the little silver. Oh, they come in clear plastic. Anymore. Yeah. That's horrible. That makes it, it's no, nowhere near as fun. It takes away the mystery and the surprise in the relationship, man, I think, the between the man and Ding puck, Dong. Yeah. The silver hockey puck. Wonderful. Yeah. That's and not did you notice another diet. thing? It was evil. They think we didn't notice. What didn't we notice? Every one of those snack foods, when they came back and their new quote They're smaller. Unquote, yes. 20% well, smaller. Now hmm. I got to eat two of them. Well, maybe they were trying to help us to get Ten. 20% smaller. Oh, yeah, it's worked. <laughs> yeah. They got about as much chance as that as having a straw sticking out my nose. I'm dying of a straw sticking out my nose. But anyway. All right. I feel well, if better they now. Wanted, if they wanted the straws to be biodegradable, I can tell you that it degraded in my Diet Coke in about 20 minutes. That's a first so that world problem. Totally not helpful. You know, here's the thing, though. I saw this other article. I was reading this not too long ago when they were going on and on and on about the plastic straw thing. Now you can buy glass straws. Did you know this? You can buy glass straws for your own drinks at home. But then you got to be really careful because if you break your glass straw in your drink, you're going to the hospital. Yeah. Suck up some broken pieces of glass out of your drink. Very, very dangerous. And then I thought only Cokeheads had glass straws. That's I don't know crazy. nothing about that. That's so 1980s. I was too little for I that. I grew up in the 80s, yeah, man. A lot of, lot of, lot of yeah, coke kids. That's no. before meth heads. So, okay. Well, man. this is degrading quickly, no, just like my straw. Horrible. I mean, your own straws? Yeah, let's see. You know see. what's a first world problem? Amazon.com. That's a first world problem. Yeah. You Did don't know the first world problem? Uh, our internet went down like crazy the other day. That the was a whole first country's world. internet yeah. came down and looked like, because uh, it, it was out the, of my house, the conspiracy too. Conspiracy theorists were coming out and saying that the government hit the, uh, the government kill switch on the internet. You know what? I, I think, thought I thought I was going to have the greatest like internet commercial ever for an internet provider. Uh huh. And it was going to have all these people with their jacked up internet. Yeah. Going, who's running your internet in the background? A bunch of Amish guys sitting back and laughing. That'd been a great commercial. Amazon Prime glass straws, nine inch straws, ten millimeters in diameter, glass straws for six dollars and ninety nine cents a four pack. Wow. Just don't break them. Wow. You know what? I got a first real problem. Hmm. My hand's so fat it can't fit into the Pringles can. I got to shake them out. That's a first world problem. Yeah, you got to be careful because then they get all like, they, they break up and it's not as fun. Fun fact and secret I learned from my daughter. Once you pop, you can't stop. When she eats flaming Cheetos or Cheetos, uh-huh. uses chopsticks. And oh, you don't get don't the get Cheeto fingers? dust all over you. Man. Uh, when you're, you know, because... Let's just face it. If you get your face in a bag of Cheetos, you're going to come out looking like you got out of a tanning booth. You get mm -hmm. that orange glow. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Flaming Hot Cheetos are amazing. Flamas? Oh, yeah. 
They got ones called Takis, too. Uh, my kids were trying those. I didn't try them, though. You know what's another wonderful thing about Mexico? Huh. They have the craziest flavored potato chips down there. Yeah, you can Chips get you'll never see here. And mm-hmm. they come with little bags of hot sauce or lime. Oh, yeah. You pour the hot sauce in there. Oh, that oh, is good. Oh, man. We need to go Did to we Mexico. not have lunch or something? What, what's wrong here? I'm Are we hungry? starving. Are you starving? Yeah. Did you eat a salad or something? Well, yeah, I had to. I was eating lunch with my wife. I couldn't oh, eat something goodness, legit. Yeah. Mm. We didn't go out for a steak or something. Boy, oh, boy. No, anyway. I, you know what? Ever, I had to fast before, you know, the big operation. Yeah, because you went under for the tooth thing, huh? Yeah, so I didn't, like, get into my operation to, like, 11-something. By the time I got home and could eat something, it was two. I hadn't had a cup of coffee. I Well, it, and then you weren't able to chew for, like, five days before that. Well, yeah, so. Man. I've been eating, like, crazy. Well, there you go. Just Yeah, you never know. Anyways. Right. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So should we do some um, questions? Yeah, I think we got we got some questions. You weren't here for the message on Sunday though. That was I like, was listening to it in my office. Oh, that's so good. Good, it's, good. It's good. So, okay. According to First Corinthians five eleven, mm. if I invited a brother who calls himself a believer and yet he has not been in fellowship and has not been going to church for many years and has a problem with alcohol, and I invite him to church and then go have lunch together, would I be going against God? I will say no. First uh, Corinthians five eleven says, yeah. "But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother is a fornicator, or covetous, or idolater, or a railer, or drunkard, or an extortioner, do not keep com- company with any such person. Do not even eat with such a person." What say you, Mark Childers? I think it's okay to eat with that guy if you're trying to restore him. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. The the trouble if you now if you're with that guy and you're like, oh, this is all cool and endorsing his behavior. You don't want to do that, but you want to be a brother to the guy and extend the the hand of fellowship and forgiveness and grace because ultimately, what's your goal? Your goal Restoration. Is, yeah, restore that guy. It reminds and, me of another passage yeah. of Scripture. I was thinking of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, is it? Yeah. Galatians 6. Now, there is another side to that, I think, too. Another side to... Well, let's read this verse. Yeah. If any man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. You had another side to this story, though? Well, I'd say, you know, everything in context. But if you yeah. have a guy who's, you know, supposedly a believer and he's he's way off the rails, uh-huh. you know, maybe he's you know running out on his wife or he's doing all kinds of horrible things, speaking all kinds of crazy stuff about the church, doing all this stuff, there comes a time when you're not going to be spending time. Your time with that person, could they could perceive that as you endorsing their behavior. Right. And so they need to know where you stand on that stuff. And they keep coming back with questions and wanting restoration. I think you stick with it on there. But there is a point, uh-huh. I'm sure, in this where, um, especially if it's dragging you down, if it's leading you that way, that would be a bad thing. So a little context would be helpful, yeah, too, here. Because First yeah. Corinthians 5, that's the passage where the Corinthian church was kind of boasting in how like accepting they were right. of a guy in their church who was having an immoral sexual relationship with his uh, stepmom. Not a good plan. Gross. And Paul says, yeah, you shouldn't keep company with sexually immoral people if they say they're a Christian. So, I mean, the whole point here is that if you have a person who is putting forward like they're a Christian, they're a follower of Jesus, and they're walking in open, unrepentant sin, it's like, listen, we, we can't have fellowship with right. light and darkness. So, um, so man, you got to repent. So I think it's really important to emphasize that the gospel is gracious, and if the person repents and confesses, then they can be forgiven and restored. But it's like, man, until until you repent, 
um, not going to keep fellowship with you. You right. can't have the benefits of being a part of the body of Christ if you're going to walk in unrepent, unrepentant sin. Right. But like in this case, the impression I'm getting from this question is uh-huh. different than that. Yeah. It's, hey, this guy has not been to church in a long time. He struggles with alcohol. Right. And is it wrong if I go to lunch and reach out to this guy? And I'd say the answer is no, it's not wrong. Right. Reach out to that. the guy. Well, let's restore the guy. Yeah. It's if a different circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, you know, in looking at this question again, um, has a problem with alcohol, you know, they're currently having a problem with struggling with that. I mean, there's a lot of people that I know that struggle with uh, sin that they're trying to overcome, but they're working really hard to not fall back into that. Right. And uh, we, we want to try and encourage them through fellowship to grow in their um, their obedience to Scripture and their walking in righteousness. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think if you look at a pattern of people who fall away from the church— uh-huh. Um, what I'd seen is the first thing they're doing is they, they're pretty much, they'll stop reading their Bibles. Yeah. They'll um, stop going to church. Yep. And they'll stop being in friendship or fellowship with other believers. And the believers, that that friendship and fellowship is kind of the last step before they just stop any type of relationship. Um, and with, they need they need some people to reach out to them and try and yeah, bring them back into the fold. Yeah. For us, you know, yeah. I, thinking about this though, let's say, let's say you have this person who... Uh, has struggled with alcohol and uh, they're trying to come back to church and then you go out to lunch with them. Little tip, don't order a beer. Yeah. <laughs> don't cause them to stumble. You have that freedom in Christ to do that, yeah. but you shouldn't have that stupidity. Yeah, don't, don't cause the, don't your brother to stumble. Yeah, don't be dumb. Don't cause your brother to stumble. <laughs> That's a good tip, I think. Yeah, I think it's a very, very practical Helpful. tip yeah, from practical. Consumer Reports. We're yeah. trying to be practical around here. Yeah, absolutely. Another one I think is you have to remember is a lot of times what happens with people when they're struggling with a, a sin they can't let go of, drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. um, things like that, sexual sin, Yeah, um, that's their failure is one of the components of them leaving church, mm-hmm. their inability to bring that before the Lord. And so, um, and also a lot of times a feeling of condemnation too. That's what I'm getting yeah, at yeah, okay, they feel right. so condemned by themselves right, and others right. that but they're gone. But there is therefore now no condemnation yeah, to those exactly. who are in Christ and Jesus. So, um, and they do it to themselves. Yeah. They don't even need help. And so... Uh, you not having that condemnation, you reaching out to them and being, you know, God's hands and feet, so to speak, can be super helpful. And super if you good. go out to lunch with that person, hopefully they've not run out of tortillas and taco shells at the Taco Bell. Or you can call the cops. Yeah. I'd and love if, to see Escondido like PD come sandwich. to that call. Man, oh man. You busted a guy with a taco one time. I did. Right. That was a the PD no, showed up to yeah, that one. They were. It was, was a jack in the box taco. It though. was practically. They're not real tacos. No, they're not. But I kept the two meth heads busy until the cops got there, and then when the cops broke down the door, so to speak, with the dog, I took out the taco and I pointed at the bad guy with he, the taco. With the taco, the taco and accusation. Lurch was there to... Yeah, this monstrous police officer <laughs> came in there, and he, he I'm not sure uh... he had laughed in 50 years. <laughs> But he laughed. He broke a smile when he, he saw He broke your taco. a smile and then, That's yeah. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. The taco. He loved the taco point. Yeah. So I didn't point the finger. I point the taco. But oh, that's boy. another story we'll let him know. Another story. Day. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we answered that. Okay. I'm yeah, good with that. I'm good with that. I'll take that answer. All right. Number two. This is quotes. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Who were they? Who are the they? This is First John two yeah. nineteen. We talked about this this last Sunday, but I didn't go in depth on this, so it's a it's a really good question. They Who were paying attention. They? Yeah, 
And this isn't a sneaky Calvinist question either. Like, well, okay, or it is. But I, I hate I to break something. it to you. I hate to break it to you. There are some Calvinistic connections to this verse because there's one way of interpreting this verse, um, which is uh, more of a Reformed view on this verse, and that is that um, <laughs> those who those who walk away from the faith who are not really Christians because they say they went out from us, they were not really of us. If they had been with us, then they would have continued with us. So this goes to the the P and TULIP, the five points of Calvinism, the perseverance of the saints. So they say that if you're really a Christian, you're going to persevere, you're going to continue to be a Christian, walk with Jesus. But if you walk away, then you weren't really a Christian. I, I personally think that does not fix, fit with the context of this verse. Uh, you got to read the verse before it. You got to get context when you're reading the text. So um, in verse 18, John says, little children, this is the last hour and as you heard, as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So, John is talking about these individuals who, apparently, were in the church, but they were in opposition to the work of Christ. And then he says they went out from us. So, th- we we know who these Antichrists are by the fact that they went out from us. So, I think that the they is there is these many Antichrists who have come in verse eighteen. That's okay. my view on it. I'll go with that. But there are different views. There's other interpretations. And if you're if you're more reformed in your view, then you would disagree with me, which I'm fine with that. You can disagree with me. I'm not God. Ain't that good. That's a good thing. Yes, praise Jesus. Yeah, we're both thankful for that, right? Oh, more than just us yeah. are thankful. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine this as an option in a car? Like a smite button? Oh, yeah. I mean, like Absolutely. If, if you had a fake smite button or fake I mean, machine how many guns times in a car, have you wished? How many times have you wished that you had like lights and sirens on your car when someone does something that it's like weekly for me? Really? Yeah. I, of course, there are many times where I'm grateful that there's no lights and sirens near me when I do something stupid, which is often. Well, it, sometimes in a car you can do dumb things and not even know it. I'm good at that. I try to have grace for people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Grace is good, man. I've been, I've watched a, a number of road rage incidents lately of people on the road. People are just, they, they seem a little on edge lately. You know what they need? Taco they need to go Twinkie. to Oakland. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Taco, there you Taco go. and a Twinkie. Yeah. They're probably in a hurry to get to Oakland. I guess so. What good thing ever came out of Oakland? Well, the Raiders definitely not. No. Although they're going to Vegas. That's a good place for them. Yeah, probably. The Oakland A's are in. Well, they're terrible too. Yeah, I don't know, man. Somebody, I'm sure, let us know something good that came out of Oakland. I'm sure there's somebody who listens to our podcast that's probably from Oakland, and that person is one of the good things that came out of Oakland. Well, there you go. All right. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, it's not Compton. No. But it's close. Yes. Okay. So number three. So that was answered. I'm counting that question as answered. I'm with you. All right. Number three. What do you think of the Harry Potter books slash movies? Wow, I knew we were going to get this question one day. Yeah. I bet you can't guess who this question came from. Your son? I happen to know who this came from. Really? Yeah. I'll give you another guess. She's related to you. My wife? Nope. Oh, Grace. Yep. Interesting. This is a great Because her husband watches the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to hear your answer, and then I'll give my answer. Oh! I, you know, my kids didn't grow up with them. I never showed them the Harry Potter movies. She and, said that there was a rule in your household. Yeah, that we didn't, we didn't do movies about witchcraft and stuff okay, like yeah. that. Um, there was a... We... Okay. I'm a heathen. 
Well, no, no. I'm here, a total heathen. Uh, this, I'm just going to throw this out. Yeah. We were but, very okay. Much, let's let's just yeah. let's just back up a little bit. Yeah. This would have been what, like ten years ago or so. Yeah. I mean, at that moment, there was like this, a little bit of like fervor in the Christian community about Harry Potter is like the devil and the most worst thing in the world. And the vampire movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of people really So it doesn't stem so much from that, but but here's the deal. We did not let our kids do a lot of media when they grew up. We always bought houses that had uh, big yards, like an acre of property. Go outside and play. Go outside and play. Right dig stuff my kids were building you know trebuchets and and tiger pits and and doing that stuff so we were i like to have them outdoors so we didn't watch a lot of tv and um they didn't have uh, a home computer growing up for their own rooms or anything like that if we we had computers for them to do school work out in the open um did not do a lot of movies and things like that so we were kind of media averse i felt like sometimes that kind of uh my own personal opinion is that it could kill kids' uh, imagination a little bit at times. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, a lot of books and things like that. We're kind of Amish, really. You are not Amish. Nah, well, I mean, You're you know, so far from Amish. Uh, well, not now. But anyway, so like the, um, I think the first movies we really watched were the- um, Born, The Born Identity movies, right? Oh, we own With all the those. Kids. Of yeah. course uh-huh. we did. Yeah, that's of course. great I mean, that's, children's That's stuff. like a religious yeah. experience. Well, yeah. Jason Bourne. Whew. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was in the arms business for 10 years. So, ah, so you're just showing the kids. See that gun right there, here's, son? Here's a part of my kids growing up. My, my kids would, a semi-truck would come to our front yard. Yeah. And unload like 300 Browning shotguns. Wow. And my kids from the earliest age knew never pick up a gun. They knew gun safety and all that. So we, we were a little different. But so yes even the violent movies we didn't watch very much of that but one thing like when the um lord of the rings and all that came out yeah and tolkien is is tolkien tolkien excuse me was a believer and hung out with believers and so those are some gnarly movies so tolkien or tolkien i I think i thought it was tolkien but anyway uh those are some gnarly movies but one thing i you know because i asked pastor ray about that what do you think of all that and he goes well my big thing is is does it show evil for evil and good for good Mm. And so they were not showing good for evil and crossing it. So that was a very clear message. They're well done. There wasn't cursing and nudity and stuff like that. So they watched that. The Harry Potter stuff, I kind of stayed away from because I didn't know how my kids would react to the witchcraft and stuff. Yeah. And I felt like that's something they should see. If they want to watch that as an adult, that's their business. But it just it, for us, it wasn't the most excellent thing. Yeah, I'm a wicked heathen. So. My you, oldest. You he's went read all it. the books. He's read the entire yeah. the entire series. Yeah. Now, I watched one of the movies. Yeah. And I, I felt like they did show good for good and evil for evil. Yeah, no, they do. Uh, between there. And so... Uh, and I guess I didn't see... I didn't... Okay, I never read the Potter books or the, the Tolkien books. Um, I wasn't really into kind of the fantasy books. But um, I, I guess after seeing the epically long, unbelievably, torturously long... Um, Lord of the Rings series from Tolkien. Yeah, we have the extended version. Can you believe I it? I think I yeah. borrowed them from you. Oh, I think you I have them yeah. in my house right now. So um, after seeing those, I, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't see how there's much difference between this and say Harry Potter, but I'm sure that someone will school me on how they're majorly different. But I was just amazed that my, uh, my son would read like an 800 page book. I, I don't think I read an 800 page book until I was in my twenties. I think they're well-written. I and guess, I, yeah, I don't know. You I know, and I remember in the... Yeah. Uh, He's reading Lord of the Rings right now, which boggles my mind because it's a hard book. Right. Well, yeah. I remember in um, uh, 
elementary school, yeah. we read all the um, C.S. Lewis. Uh, Narnia. Line, yeah. All Those line. are small, though, in comparison. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying we read them all. Yeah. But, I mean, there's quite a bit of witchcraft and fantasy in right, those, too. Right. Uh, witchcraft, and Santa not, Claus. Santa Claus is right, in there, which oh, is totally... Man. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. I, it was kind of funny. And I think this... Although his name's Father Christmas. This speaks to something. A uh, good friend of mine, Dan Gordon, who's not with us anymore. He's with Jesus, man. He's with Jesus partying it up and, and laughing at us. But... I yeah. remember him saying one time, because the Santa Claus thing came up, and he goes, you know, I've never had anybody in my office in tears all jacked up saying, I it just, was Santa Claus. I just can't believe in Jesus. I just can't give my heart to Jesus. Why? Because I believe in Santa Claus. I um, Sooner or so later, that goes I away. A, I had an ethics class last yeah. semester, uh, two semesters ago, an ethics class that I was taking, and uh, my final was on the ethical question of should you lie to your kids? Um, well, actually, gosh, I hope there's parents. Don't let the kids listen to this part. Should you uh, should you play in the Santa Claus game with your kids? And so that's what my my twenty page paper was on. Wow. Yeah. I remember sitting in a Christmas like worship program. Yeah. And my youngest son was there, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's all he's the kind of kid he was born knowing what's up. Yeah. And so this one musician guy decides he's going to go Bible commentator and start oh, like no. throwing at s- church at church in throwing front of Santa Claus of under the bus with hundreds of kids there. And after the service is all done, he goes up to Pastor Ray and he goes, "Hey, you tell that guy to shut his mouth." He goes, "I know that Santa Claus isn't real, but there's a lot of little kids here that didn't know, and you blew it for a lot of people." And he goes, "You tell that guy to keep his Santa Claus opinions to himself." Man, oh Ray man. had the greatest laugh. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know where where are we on this. So anyway, Harry I think Potter they're well, books and they're, they're certainly well written. I think you really have to know your kids. If your kids, you know, starting to do witchcraft in the uh, closet <laughs> and building an altar, trying to do witchcraft and waving a wand at you, you probably okay, no, shouldn't me, have shown them that though, movie. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Universal, the the company that that yeah. bought the rights and made the movies, they are making a killing at Universal Studios with this whole Harry Potter thing. Oh, yeah. And get this. So like every kid who's into Harry Potter, my kid being one of them, uh, you want to get a wand. They all want to get a wand. So you can go to um, Universal Studios into the wand store, and they have all these wands that you can buy. These things are like, my son's telling me we have to go. He wants to get one. But they're like 100 bucks. But then get this. I'm watching the news the other day. And uh, you know that Star Wars Land just opened up at Disneyland uh, last Friday. And they have this. I'm down on Disney, bro. Look out, dude. I like Disney. I like. I'm down, I don't. I'm down against them. You're down against them. I'm against Disney. Yeah, right. I, I totally believe that. I'm anti Disney. Uh huh. So, uh, but Star Wars Land, they have kind of like the wand thing at Universal Studios. You can go make like a like a legit lightsaber, cool looking lightsaber. Guess how much money they're charging for these? Three hundred dollars, probably well, two hundred bucks. But yeah, two hundred bucks for. And my, of course, my kids see it like we have to go make a lightsaber. Like, a caramel apple's like fifty. Spend, of course, they're gonna I'm going to spend $200. to take my kids, my family to Disneyland. That's like an eight hundred dollar day. And then you want me to spend two hundred dollars on a lightsaber? Ain't you got to be kidding me! No, Disney's all on their high horse. They're not going to do movies. What in Georgia now? Oh my goodness! Because of the abortion, the abortion thing. Law. I'm like, shut up. And go make your movies, will you? Just shut up. Don't start getting in this Hollywood high horse. You sound a little, little heated about this, Mark. I don't. I'm down. We're gonna get. We're gonna get messages from first. First, they vilified the hunters in Bambi. I'm still ticked off about that. I can always. Deer don't speak. Disney stinketh. There you go. They can't keep beeping. Keep beeping, Miles. (laughs) You keep beeping. 
I'm anti Disney. Okay. Anyway, there we go. Should the movie we go to the next question? Uh, yeah, I don't. Mark Mark had a problem with Harry Potter books and movies. You hear that, yeah. Grace? There you go. Now, I will just throw this out to you, parents. Yeah. If you don't think that television has an effect on your children, uh-huh. go put two six-year-old boys, young boys, in front uh-huh. of a TV set and play an old Bruce Lee or a martial no, arts movie. Nope, just play Ninja Turtles. Okay, if there is not a kung fu fight in your living room in 60 seconds, first, there's something wrong with those kids. Second, I think you should have that proof that it affects kids. So watch. Do you what remember your kids the old Disney movie? Watch Swiss Family Robinson. Love that movie. So that movie's epic long too. But I played that for my kids years ago. Ethan was pretty small. That whole final fight scene where they've got like, you know, the trees coming down the hill with the people, and you can tell that they're made of like like cardboard or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that whole scene of them fighting the pirates, man, that turned my boys into like, whew, Lord of the Flies. Okay, my kids yeah. had booby traps in the avocado trees. When the avocado guys showed up to pick the trees, they're like, they came up, they go, hey, we need you to de-booby trap this place. Did you see this thing? There was a log. I don't know how these kids got this log in the tree with the tripwire, but it would have smashed somebody in half. There you go. And, Ethan Childers. Yeah, and then a, a, a pit with punji sticks in Ooh, it. So, yeah, we had, to, we had to fix the grove after that. So okay, anyway, Swiss on. Family Robinson. Number four. Okay, um, how do you discern between two contradictory spirits that both confess that Jesus came in the flesh? For instance, two different churches. You know, kind of like the one guy believes in Harry Potter and the other guy doesn't. There you go. One guy's pro Disney, the other guy's anti. Yeah. I'm not sure I understand the question. Is there more I to think, this? Was it no, in your sermon? I think this has to do with um, kind of determining what is, um, you know, essential versus non essential teachings. And, um, I think it has something to do with that. You know, let, let me look at this question again. How can you discern between two contradictory spirits that both confess Jesus came and... Th- oh, okay, because I mentioned in the passage, you know, this is the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, it's in, uh, let's see, First John, First John chapter 4. Let's open up the Bibles here. First John 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit then confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, but is the spirit of Antichrist. So this is where this is coming from. So okay. um, I think it goes back to the whole issue of, you know, how do you determine if a, a person is a genuine believer or if uh, another church is a, a right church? You know, a lot of times I go back to the whole thing on, you know, there's certain certain beliefs that we have that are non-essential that we, you know, I was going to say essential doctrines. Right. We have non-essential doctrines, essential doctrines. Um, because I did talk with someone after the church. I'm not sure if it's the same person who sent this uh, question, but it was along these lines of, you know, what is an essential doctrine? What is a non-essential? And I think if you really back up the timeline on Christianity and you go back to the early days of Christianity in the first three centuries, then, you know, you have the, the original creeds of the church, the apostolic creed, right. the Nicene creed. We even have one of them, the apostolic creed on our, our uh, church belief section of our website. And I think that you can really boil down in a lot of ways the, the main essentials of the Christian faith to this one little paragraph in the Apostles' Creed. Uh, pretty helpful kind of map there. So generally speaking, because I did mention if, you know, you get the knock on the door on a on a Sunday and um, someone comes and, 
you know, the real test for determining whether or not a person is a, a genuine follower of the of God as he's revealed in the scriptures is what, what they believe about the nature and identity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the person who may knock on your door from the Latter-day Saints Church, they're going to say that Jesus is not God and that he's, you know, a creation and the spirit brother of Satan. Well, that's not that's not what we read in the Bible. Or if you have the, the other uh, group, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Watchtower Society comes to your door and they're going to say that Jesus is the incarnation of Michael the Archangel. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. So um, so what is the what are the essential doctrines? I think that a good place to start is probably the Apostles' Creed. So... I don't know. I think that answers it. I'm not sure. I think that answers it. Yeah, but for the most part, you know, like there's a lot of churches here in our area. You know, I'm thinking, you know, we got Mission Hills Church and Emmanuel Faith and Maranatha and, you know, a whole bunch of churches. And a lot of these these churches are great churches. They teach the Bible. They believe, you know, minor differences than we do on certain things. But for the most part, they're solid, good churches. Um, And most of these things aren't anything that's going to keep you out of heaven. The things that we differ in are are relatively small. Right. Like some people have a different view on when Jesus is going to return and how he's going to return and who the Antichrist is going to be and all that stuff. Whatever. It's not essential. Right. Nothing we can do about any of those things anyway. Except for just preach the truth. Exactly. Exactly. Because, of course, we're pretty sure that we're totally right. Yeah, but we're humble about it. We're absolutely humble about it. And, you know, when we all get to heaven, the Lord will sort everybody out. We'll be good. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And all those other people realize how wrong they were. You think we're going to get preferred seating? No. Probably not. This is totally knocking us down. Oh, well. This recording oh, alone. Okay. All right, well. They're going to put us in Louisiana. <laughs> At least it's not Florida. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, number five. Hey, as long as there's Chick-fil-A, we'll be fine. Yeah. The Lord's chicken. What was it? I saw a meme the other day. It's something like, uh, uh, don't something about, don't be sad. Uh, it says, uh you know, and have an empty heart, like if you were if you crave Chick Fil A and it's Sunday. Mm. Like, okay, I get it. Okay, these are this is a great question here. I like this question. All right, what are lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? So let's just start with lust of the flesh. Well, that was from your sermon. Uh, this comes out of First John chapter two, right? Yeah, it's good because those are very Christianese terms, so to speak. You know what he I mean? He says in First John two fifteen, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So what is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? So what's the high flyover on that for you? The lust. Let's start with lust of the flesh to begin with. Well, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is um, the whole... The deception of Eve in Genesis chapter 3. So Eve is hanging around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She's scoping it out, thinking how, how good that would be in her fruit salad, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, so she's she's checking that thing out, and the serpent comes along and has this little conversation with her. And it says in Genesis 3, 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate she gave it also to her husband, and he ate. And so I think in that verse, we see one of the applications of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, that the food w- or the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh, so the appetites, desires okay. of, the, of the body of the flesh. The lust of the eyes, it's pleasant to the eyes. Man, it looks, looks pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And the pride of life, it's going to make you wise. It's going to make you like God. And she took and she ate of it. So in one respect, that's the first place my mind goes to when I think of the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But generally speaking, I would say, 
any temptation that we are going to be assaulted with is going to fall into the category of lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Lust of the flesh is going to be any sort of appetite that we have, sexual appetite, hunger appetites, any sort of drugs, thing. drugs, yeah, all these sorts of things. Kind of things um, lust of the eyes. This is going to be covetousness and jealousy, uh, which we we all deal with. Or lust. The, na- yeah. the neighbor's new Tesla with the, la- the way-, way back seat. Why you got to go there? Why? Because I was thinking of Tesla. Because I saw well, well, you know what Well, you know what else happened this week is that Apple brought out some really great new computers. And you know me with Apple products. I'm, I'm just in all kinds does, of trouble. Does it bother you in the least that the symbol for Apple is an apple with a bite taken out As of it? As we're talking about Eve and the tree of the Yeah, I mean, does that bother you at all? Not one bit. Because to me, it, it, every time I look at it, I feel like they're giving God the finger. Listen, when you came here from Maranatha Chapel. I know, you and your you hippie computers. Been, you had been so seduced into the evil that was Windows. That's and, all and they would give me. To, we had to really kind of help you out. And I had an office. I had three side. Windows. It was a nice office. Yeah, no. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. It was about. beautiful trees. I'm talking about Microsoft. I look at the engineers I mean, maybe with their Corvettes Microsoft's out there. Microsoft's not as bad as Android, but... Boy. My office here, there's people getting arrested. <laughs> people with guns in the parking that's, lot. That's just how you know that Escondido's Finest is on the job. Oh, I appreciate the, the nice men and women of Escondido, Escondido PD. PD. We like those guys. I see them in action all the time. They're good friends, good I, people. I don't need to watch cop shows. I can just look out my Anyways, windows. back to yeah, the lust anyway. of the eyes. Lust of the eyes would be covetousness, jealousy, lust, those sort of things, and the pride of life. These are things like when she says desirable to make you wise. These are things that we think, you know, they're going to make us more beautiful. They're going to make us more intelligent. They're going to make us more better. People are going to love us. So they could be... I need more likes on FaceTube, more... Subs- or FaceTube. FaceTube. <laughs> hey, we just more invented something. Let's go. More subscriptions. Go on, get that web YouTube. address real quick before some Somebody else does. My U book and my face tube. Yeah, there you go. There you go. What about prayer book? They need prayer book. I think that's already a thing. Is that a thing? I think it's a thing. Oh, gone it. I thought I figured that out. It's a thing. So th- they know what that. Okay, good. I just it's good for people to know what those are. Do you have any additional thoughts on the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes of pride of life? Well, where does the? It's not of the father. That's true. True. So where does lust of the flesh get you? In the flesh. In the flesh. Yeah. Brings you fleshly rewards. Hmm. And to be carnally minded is death. Yeah. Mm. And you'd... Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, the bad thing about sin, being deceived like that, besides it being very deceptive, as Evo would say, um, is it, take, it can take you to a place where you're so numb, it's hard to recover from that. Mm. It's, a, it's being led away steadily. So you have to watch that. With all those things, it can take you to a place in your life where you're so numb, you, you can't come back. You've got to be really careful about that. Obviously, with Jesus, it's always possible, but... It uh, can lead you down a bad road. Yeah. So, yeah. So lonely. Yeah. It can put you in a place where you're not in good shape. Mm-hmm. So. Be careful with that. Be careful with it. All right. Is it wrong to take antidepressants? Hmm. Mark Childers? Well, I'm going to assume that antidepressants are being described by a doctor. Like a prescription drug? Yes, that you've gone to a doctor, and he's trained, and he thinks that... You know what my antidepressant is? Steak. Steak's good. Mm. I strongly, if I was Dr. Childress was talking, I'd say, go buy a jet ski. (laughs) Have you ever seen a sad person on a jet ski? Yes, when he gets a $280 ticket. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. I know that guy, yeah. (laughs) It wasn't me. me. (laughs) That was me. Yeah. 
you and were, Jason. You and Jason were gone for like that was the over five hundred dollars hours. Oh I'm gosh. like, they must have ran out of Man, gas. I'm, I'm I'm rocking back and forth. At I'm the getting back ready of the, to send the Coast back of the Guard San Diego out. Police Department boat, rocking back and forth, getting like totally seasick, burnt to a crisp under the sun while they write me a ticket. Oh wow. man, that was a tough day. Meanwhile, people on the beach are drowning. Uh, Two hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that goes against your your premise. Yeah. Just still, we'll keep it between. Just, I'm just telling you, jet skis are fun. Okay, back to the real thing. Antidepressants. Yeah. So I don't want to make fun of that. Okay. Yeah, no, so no, that's no, not. So seriously, I mean, if your doctor is prescribing you antidepressants, I think you you should take them, mm-hmm. and I think you should be under the doctor's care and do that. I don't think there's anything. There's nothing to matter. No. God has given us, and I pray this for people all the time when you go into a hospital. Uh, there's nothing unrighteous, unholy, or unfaithful about relying on a hospital to use those great machines and drugs and techniques and surgeries, all things I think that God created, gave man and women the ability to create and use. Those are of God. They're good. They they save lives. I think they're they're wonderful. You and were so, very grateful for prescription drugs the other day when they knocked you out so you could rip your tooth out of your mouth, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There wasn't a more thankful guy on the planet. And so I, I think... There was a teaching, and I won't say where it was, but I remember growing up as a Christian, you know, and from the pulpit you'd hear people saying, well, you know, take your antidepressants and flush them down the toilet and the things that the doctors prescribe you. And I tell you what, that was a dangerous teaching because that messed a lot of people up and it made other people feel guilty for seeking the advice of a good physician and following that. I think that there has been a, a healthy move in the church in the last 10, 15 years in a recognition that mental health is an actual problem yeah I, and but yeah, it's not just in the church i think it's nationwide i think that we're really starting to acknowledge that that there is an issue with mental health and so um i do i do think it's very important to be under the care of a, a licensed actual real physician and uh, because the sad reality is there are plenty of people who are getting prescription drugs and even antidepressant type things who are not receiving them from their doctor as a prescription they're they're getting those i mean we have a, a big pre- prescription drug crisis in our nation um, but you know, or they're self-medicating with right, you know right. alcohol. alcohol. Or oh yeah, drugs. I mean yeah. running it out all the time. Yeah. So, um, so I do think under the care of a physician, my my hope would be someone who is experiencing some sort of chemical imbalance problem within their body, within their brain, uh, mental health thing. My hope is that um, if they are prescribed anti-anxiety medication or something else like that, that they can deal with and go to a really solid Christian therapist, good counselor. Uh, we know some good counselors. Yeah, absolutely. Go to someone who can really help with some cognitive behavioral therapy and help that person get to a point where where they can progressively get off of that kind of an, right. uh, medication and and be able to function normally without it. Um, but you know, there are some people who long term that that is their their situation, and uh, I certainly wouldn't speak uh, against it or negatively. Yeah, and I don't. I think Christianity's had kind of an unhealthy relationship with psychology and psychiatry over the years yeah and i understand not, and, and i mean let's, not all of it is good yeah and let's be clear i mean really psychology is very new it's not even 200 years old when you're starting to get into the whole yeah. thing of psychological sciences and everything so i mean it's a very new practice they're learning a lot of things they've learned a lot in the last 25 50 years yeah. in the area of this stuff say too. the science and study of people's behaviors is worthless i think that's wrong I, I think the study and the science of people's behaviors people behave a certain way and to seek to analyze that and to know that and to come up with some good solid logical reasons with you know wisdom on how to treat that i think that's very important they can be very very uh helpful to somebody who's suffering so this brings up another question too 
um, on the issue of like, let's say the medicinal use of marijuana. What do you think about medicinal marijuana? Um, I don't like it. And here's why. Um, Because it violates the, well, okay, medicinal use. The problem is that, that Let's talk about a true medical condition. So not just like, well, I really have a hard time sleeping or I got a toothache. So you're talking about like glaucoma or pain or something that you're your or cancer patient. Or chemo, yeah. Yeah, I think if your doctor says this is what you should do and it's yeah. less intrusive than the other drugs, then you should take it. The recreational use of marijuana, absolutely not. Because we go into the prohibition of being drunken and there's just, it's not, you're going to smoke weed, you're going to be drunk. Yeah. So to speak, you're out of control. But for... Yeah, medical for, for reasons, me, for a, a true medical issue, I have no problem with medicinal marijuana. Yeah, I mean, most of the uh, pain relief or, or pain treatments and things like that are a derivative oh my of some type well, of drug. Well, yeah, the opiates, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. they're seriously so, gnarly. Marijuana's a pretty tame And actually, op- uh, the thing. opiate drugs that are being prescribed today are far more addictive. Like, it's just unbelievable. We do yeah. have an opiate yeah. opioid problem in our nation well i'm thinking of a verse uh proverbs 31 6 says give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who have a bitter heart so um in that situation if you want to really take that verse at face value uh that's kind of an anti-anxiety antidepressant right there give wine to him who's of a bitter heart so um but i do think that you need to be under the care of a physician and there are those people who um who really do have a hard uh, they have a problem with taking drugs and um, they cannot take drugs and so they they really need to be under the care of a doctor. Yes. So, but there's the other side of this too, because like you brought up the point that there was a time, uh, probably back in the '80s, especially where there was kind of this anti-psychology, anti-psychiatry bent in the church, and people were being encouraged to throw away their antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication, and and some of these people had genuine mental health disorders, you know, bipolar or you know something like that, and it was not helpful. I mean, we we dealt with that a number of years ago with people in the church who. They were convinced they didn't need this stuff anymore, and they, they got off of it. And it, they ended up ruining really their lives. hurting themselves. Yeah, yeah, ruining yeah. their lives. And I think that was really bad counsel from the pastors. Yeah, I would really agree did. with that. And, and, and ultimately, we all know, ultimately, Jesus is the answer to all things. Yeah. All illness, all those things, he is the answer. But um, definitely, you can get some help from physicians and, and people who have studied these things. And again, a good Christian counselor, and, and we know of... right. One that we really like, for yep. sure. And, yep. and uh, I, we've seen people helped tremendously. And even some of these people have are not on those antidepressants and things anymore absolutely, after that, absolutely. after they've been had that training. But Yeah, hopefully gets, if someone is on anti-anxiety medication or antidepressants, then they are there temporarily to try and you can kind of bring them back to a stable position. Right. Yeah, you know, And I like to see, I love to see when people come in and, and get prayer. For these things too, because mm-hmm. they suffer by themselves, and I think there's a great deal of healing that goes into meeting with your pastors and saying, "Hey, man, I'm suffering from this. Can you pray for me and, and you know keep me in mind and pray for me and do those things?" Having people praying for you, man, is a really, really big door you got. And being open. in close fellowship with the body, life yes. and connection is very important. I yeah. mean, there's all kinds of research that's showing that a lot of the underlying anxiety disorders that people are experiencing in our nation right now where there it's there's been a significant spike is because they have no genuine relationships with people in their life that they could confide in and so they're lonely yeah so yeah Oof. no bueno yeah no bueno now i got a I got a question for you oh yeah are you gonna give are your kids gonna be allowed to have smartphones no what when do you think an appropriate time to give a teenager a smart or a person to give a smartphone 20 I didn't get one until I was 27 
I didn't get one until I was like 40, but that's because <laughs> they, they had been They didn't really come out until yeah. I was 27. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny you bring this up because I was at my kid's school today mm-hmm. for one of my kids was in a, a school play. It was very spectacular. And I was talking with a group of the parents out front and, and one of the parents was making a comment about how their kid wants a smartphone. This is a third grader. And uh, she was bringing up that, yeah, my kid is upset because all her friends have smartphones. And I'm just thinking to myself, there's no possible way. And so I just said, I, I already told my oldest because he keeps talking about wanting a phone. I said, yeah, you're going to get a phone, a flip phone. And uh, you're only going to be able to really call your mom and me. Right. So, um, and, and the reason I bring this up is because I, I just see some uh, some serious psychological problems right. a- associated with um, social media and then the access. I mean, listen, unfettered access to the internet is far, far worse than Harry Potter movies and books. Far worse. Yeah. Especially for a child that does not have the discernment or the ability to discern what they should or should not be looking at. And there's some serious predatory things on the internet of people who are actively seeking out children through uh, social media. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, I think that it's more healthy to kind of withhold that for a while. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, not in, I'm not entirely sure at what point they will be allowed to have uh, those sort of tools. But if they need a phone to call me, you know, they still make flip phones. I, maybe we should invest now. Yeah, man. Yeah. Motorola. Yeah. I Yeah, I didn't let my kids have any of that until they were basically buying their own. I never bought any of my kids a phone. Yeah. They bought their own when they were you now, know, I 18, wonder, though, 19. I mean, like, like, let's just make clear, though, that as as your kids were kind of growing up, I mean, smartphones were just kind of starting out and they weren't really taking off. At this point, let's say your kid is 15, 16 years old. Would you allow your 15, 16-year-old no. to have a smartphone? Yeah. No. I think they spend too much time on them. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I see it all the time. Even at my house, we're all hanging out and all of a sudden it's real quiet and you've got six people in the room all looking at their devices. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I... I told my son when he was talking with me about the smartphone, because all his cousins have smartphones, and I said, well, listen, you, you have access to an iPad, and, um, you know, when you're at home hanging out with your mom and dad, and uh, we are right there, you know, you can, you can use the iPad and, you know, play the little, I don't Minecraft or whatever it is that they play. That's fine, but you don't need to have a smartphone that you can take with you to your room all the time, so... Well, and you and I are probably really tainted by it, too, because when we were junior high pastors, when the internet was first really coming out and being used and man i sat down with a lot of teenage boys that were struggling with stuff they had seen on the internet yeah and um i was really grieved and worried for what was going to happen with that generation and we're seeing it come to pass it, right it's now. disturbing it's i was looking at some research even in talking yeah. about some of the stuff we've been going through in the book of john i was doing some research and um i think it's josh mcdowell's ministry or one of the uh, pretty okay. sure it's josh mcdowell's ministry has come out with some research just in the last year on the pervasiveness of um, pornography. And it is unbelievable how far and how huge this has become. It's the, the number one industry on the internet in, in America, and it's unreal. Well, it and really, then the average, the average kid sees pornography today at age seven. That's so, horrible. Yeah, and it, always on the internet. Uh, my oldest daughter was on a missions trip to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just an American problem. Mm-hmm. And she said that the young kids there, 8, 10 years old, young young boys, they had so much pornography on their phones, they had to carry separate chips hmm. to hold all the memory storage for it. And she says it was an epidemic there. It was ruining relationships. Their um, relationships with women yeah. were a disaster. It is something that completely yeah, the stuff turning coming out their of world Japan on that upside is down. Frightening. Yeah, it is... 
It's insidious. We'll yeah, talk yeah. about the lust of the flesh. Huh? That, that's definitely lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes. Yeah. It falls into both of those. And it takes you into a place that's completely... Well, and unfortunately, yeah. this comes into the whole discussion of ethics and morality, too, because as we've as we have shifted in our nation away from a recognition of like a, a true objective morality, because you have more and more people who do not believe in a in a God. Um, so when you move away from ethics and morality and objective morality, then people get to a point where it's like, well, you know, what's it matter to you? It doesn't hurt you. It's my own private thing. It's like, well, I think it's devastating our society. So not good. And it's one of those things we don't realize the depths of of how big it is until right. it's already happened, and you can't want, you can't unsee it. Right. So yeah, anyway, not good for you. No smartphones, not for my kids, not when they were kids. So I agree with that. All it's right. Like, um, Anything else good going on? How many minutes are we at? Whoa, we're over an hour. Oh wow, we're boring. Officially so boring quick. now. Are we boring? We, no, we had fun. Listen, if you got this far. Then you can come and tell us on Sunday, you're not boring. Exactly. That's what I hear. You're not boring. <laughs> it make us feel so much better. Yeah. I actually, I, it was so funny. You know how some once in a while an older person who's maybe having a little trouble hearing, uh-huh. and so they think they have to talk louder? Yeah. So I remember getting down from the pulpit one time when I was teaching for you, and this elderly lady says, well, I'll tell you one thing. That guy wasn't boring. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Yeah, so that was good. Well, it's good to know. I was I did do a Bible study in a uh, elder care facility once. Uh-huh. And there's probably 15, 20 people there and um it was a short sermon, half an hour. Yeah. There was three quarters of them was falling asleep. Completely asleep. Got to love it. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, Sundays are coming. We're not boring. We're not boring. We'll see you on Sunday. God bless you guys. Peace out.